Welcome to WADA, ADA Live Talk Radio, brought to you by Southeast ADA Center, your leader for information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here's your host. Good afternoon and welcome to WADA ADA Live. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and the ADA National Network, we are excited to welcome our internet radio audience to the 15th installment of WADA ADA Live. My name is Celeste Jorasta, the Information Technology Consultant for the Southeast ADA Center, and today's host. The topic of today's show is Sustainable Development, the Promise of Technology. I'd like to introduce today John Robinson, the Managing Partner and CEO of Our Ability. Our Ability is a company owned and operated by people with disabilities to support people with disabilities. Our Ability is a USBLN disability-owned business enterprise specializing in diversity inclusion messaging disability etiquette, and video production. John Robinson is a motivational, inspirational speaker. In the past six years, John has been from Italy to Australia discussing the obstacles he has overcome. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Today is December 3rd. It's also International Day of Disabled Persons. This year's theme is Sustainable Development, the Promise of Technology. For the past 22 years, the annual observance of the International Day of Disabled Persons aims to promote an understanding of disability issues and mobilize support for the dignity, rights, and well-being of persons with disabilities. It also seeks to increase awareness of gains to be derived from the integration of persons with disabilities in every aspect of political, social, economic, and cultural life. John, it is wonderful to have you as our guest speaker today. Before we get started with our discussion about sustainable development and the role technology plays, would you tell our listening audience about our ability and some of the projects and activities you are engaged in? Sure, Celestia. I'm I'm proud to do that. Um, Our ability is an organization that supports employment endeavors for people with disabilities. We're proud to do this. We, We never meant to get into this business. But, but here we are, and we're happy to do it. Um, what we've been doing for the past five years is, is, let's say, three things. The first thing we do is we speak publicly. So I get to, ask, I get to be asked to do keynote speeches, uh, workshops. I get into the high schools, junior high schools, you know, Fortune 100 companies. I get to tell my story specifically, make people laugh, make people cry, all of which is to have begin that conversation of a better understanding around engaging people with disabilities. So keynote speaking is is how this all began. Um, From that, sort of two or three things have come come out of that. The first thing is we do a lot of messaging around other people with disabilities. We do this through video production. We do this through the written word. We're helping schools and businesses to be able to communicate about and to individuals with disabilities. And so we get hired to produce video stories for internal or external use on their own employees with disabilities or in the outreach to people with disabilities so that organizations can um, show and speak to our own community. We're proud of that work that we're doing. That work is growing, 
and it's engaging, and we're excited about that. Um, sort of then, then the next thing out of that work that our ability is doing is building a network of mentoring towards employment for people with disabilities. So what does that network look like? We have a web portal called Our Ability Connect, which we're partnering with some, some large organizations around the country. That web portal, Our Ability Connect, is a place for individuals with disabilities to upload their, their resume, their profile. It's not a res resume as a PDF, so to speak, or a Word document, but it's a social media resume, much like a LinkedIn, where it takes you three minutes if you're an individual with a disability, you put your profile up there, and then you're seen. Who are you seen by? You're seen by the hundreds of businesses that we work with that are searching our database. And so that's the next layer of that. We're working with businesses every day uh, to build internal and external messaging, to work on disability sensitivity and etiquette, but then most importantly, to recruit. We're helping businesses search this database that we've created to find candidates for employment. Um, we have a jobs board that's part of that, which is ourability.jobs on, online. But it's all about making that bridge between the individual with a disability and the business. And on that bridge, it's not just a platform. It's a foundation. It's, uh, it's a walkway. It's a roadway, meaning it's not just a bridge. It's let's find a place where people can upload who they are. Let's find a jobs board. Let's find a way to communicate with one another. Let's find messaging, and that's what our ability is all about. Uh, specifically, we're online because I couldn't afford a, a television station to, to do this all with. I wanted to do this with an online community. So our website is ourability.com, uh, and off of that you'll find our Connect page, which is connect.ourability.com. Again, connect.ourability.com. And then also there's a jobs board at ourability.jobs. So it's, it's all about how do we talk amongst ourselves uh, with businesses and talk about employment. John, it sounds like your organization is providing wonderful outreach opportunities utilizing recent technologies. Today's topic is sustainable development, the promise of technology. Can you explain what is meant by sustainable development as it applies to people with disabilities? Well, I think sustainable development is a, is a great buzzword today. Um, it's, it applies to all people, which is, which is, I think, obvious to all of us, but certainly near and dear to our heart are, uh, are people with disabilities, including myself. Um, sustainable development means a lot of things, but uh, to me specifically it means we need to improve our whole self and to be able to sustain our whole selves in, in our environment. And that can take on many forms, uh, but in, in the things that we care about at our ability, we specifically take a look at employment and education. Um, if, if we cannot have um, sustainable employment, then we're not serving our community to its full advantage. Uh, everything that we do at our ability is to mentor, connect, and inspire people with disabilities towards a better outcome with education and employment. Uh, the reason the reason we do that is because if you could go back to myself 25 years ago at, at you know 21 years of age, um, you know the things that I were worried about were utilizing my education, finding a meaningful meaningful job, raising a family, uh, finding a, a life partner, and that you know all of that uh, relationship angst 
you realize is strengthened with a better education um, and employment foundation under you. And so it begins, for me, it begins and ends with employment. And so everything that we want to do with our ability is to create a sustainable environment uh, where individuals with disabilities can have better employment outcomes so that they can have better lifestyles, so that they can have um, uh, independent living, so that they can hopefully have a better financial stability under them and then can build those relationships in their lives around them. I think we all understand that people with disabilities are um, more likely on a percentage basis to be underemployed or unemployed, and certainly people with disabilities on a percentage basis are um, under the poverty level. And so to me it begins and ends with building um, avenues towards employment that can be sustainable for all individuals with disabilities. And what are some of these obstacles and challenges to creating these sustainable environments that support these avenues? Yeah, well, you know, that's that's a very good question, and I think that's that's a lifetime answer right there. Um, I think all of us understand that, you know, people with disabilities are, are faced with obstacles all of the time. Uh, you know, when I do when I do public speaking, whether it be to school systems or uh, to businesses or disability advocacy groups, you know, I joke about that I'm talking about overcoming obstacles every step of the way. And obstacles are, are varied. Um, they're, if you think about it in economic terms, they're micro obstacles and macro obstacles. So for me, obstacles specifically were making sure I got my education, making sure that I learned how to be a person with a disability in the community, Make sure I learn how to dress myself, how to drive, how to uh, fulfill that educational promise. So I had obstacles that I had to go through, some of which were because of my disability, some of which were societal, but I had to overcome those obstacles specifically in my world. All of us as people with disabilities have to do that as well. So we all need to look at the micro-obstacles that we go through our lives specifically to us that we have to overcome. One of the biggest obstacles that we as individuals face is learning how to interact with an able-bodied world. So how do we engage with um, a non-accessible environment as far as buildings and ramps and roadways or whatever, but also how do we engage with people for the, for the first time? I think we all have friends around us that understand how to deal with us as people with disabilities that know us well, but what about those people that don't know us well? You know, so making a first impression, meeting somebody for the first time becomes uh, an obstacle that an individual has to go through, and we have to teach ourselves on how to deal with these obstacles on a one-on-one basis. Um, you know, then on a macro level, what can we do in society that can not only help ourselves, but maybe more importantly, help others that are following behind us? So what can we do from a societal standpoint, such as what Section 503 is doing with the federal government and, and setting better parameters and hiring people with disabilities What can we do in a school environment to help begin the conversation on disability sensitivity and etiquette to really talk about uh, how to engage with people with disabilities or how do we engage with people who are different? And, you know, what can we do as a company to better facilitate all of that? You know, whether it be our online portal for people with disabilities to upload their resume, whether it be a jobs board, whether it be getting our services out there on, on training people around disability etiquette and sensitivity. So long-winded, but there are obstacles 
that we all individually have to deal with, and we need to know how to teach ourselves in dealing with those one-on-one. And then there are societal obstacles that we're trying to make sure that we can form a better path for those that follow behind us. Great, John. Um, Also a great lead-in to the next question um, here. In which ways can technology be used in the most effective way to enable persons with disabilities to participate in all aspects of society? Well, you know, technology is a great equalizer, Um, and it's something that I learned along the way, you know, growing up, even even 30 years ago uh, in, in high school, teachers of mine would say, you know, you really should learn the computer because it's going to become a great equalizer for you. I don't think I truly understood what they, what they meant. Um, thankfully, I listened. Technology has become a great equalizer for those of us with mobility issues, visual impairments, hearing impairments, whatever, because we can use the computer in, in this service-oriented uh, economy in a way that maybe 100 years ago we certainly couldn't have. In a, in a manufacturing economy. So technology, if we can harness that as individuals with disabilities, can help us find employment, can help us with our education, can help us interact with others, uh, either that are disabled or that are in an able-bodied environment, whatever. So technology is a, becomes a great, a great equalizer. We've seen it with something like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. You look at the percentages, um, more people with disabilities it's more in line, I should say, with able-bodied people. Um, there are very few barriers to entry. So Twitter becomes a great place for people with disabilities to engage with each other. And so let's use that technology. You know, we with uh, those of us with our ability specifically are using technology to, to, to um, enhance our mission. Uh, you know, we're building our ability connect right now which is that portal for people with disabilities to be able to up- upload their resume. It takes all of three minutes. You get your information up there in a very clean, very social, engaging environment. And then on the other end, we're helping businesses search that database so that you know, if we have 10,000 people with disabilities in our database and XYZ Corporation is looking to hire somebody, use us. And that's, that's where we're, we're there to help. So technology is, is definitely becoming a great equalizer. It will continue to be so, but let's figure out ways that we can use it for good, not just not not to diminish, you know, you know maybe an Instagram where you're putting up funny photos or whatever. That's great, but let's also use it for good so that we can help educate and employ ourselves, so that we collectively can be more empowered as individuals with disabilities. Before we address some of these technological challenges, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. ADA Live listeners, if you have any questions you want our guest speaker to answer, please submit your questions via the ADA Live online forum, which is found at www.adalive.org. The ADA National Network provides information, guidance, and training on the Americans with Disabilities Act tailored to meet the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, regional, and national levels. The ADA National Network consists of 10 regional ADA centers in the United States, providing local assistance to ensure that the ADA is implemented wherever possible. The ADA National Network is not an enforcement agency, but a helpful resource supporting the ADA's mission to make it possible for everyone with a disability to live a life of freedom and equality. Welcome back to ADA Live. We are discussing sustainable development and the promise of technology with John Robinson from Our Ability. 
John, there are certainly challenges to using technology. What are some of these challenges, and how can we address them? Well, I think uh, there are certainly challenges to using technology for all of us. You know, there isn't, um, and while we try very hard to find some universal um, adaptations for all of us, you know, there's, it's still a work in progress no matter how we look at it. And part of that is because disability is, is different across the board. You know, two people with disabilities are obviously not the same. Uh, two amputees are obviously not the same. And so, you know, part of the, the, um, the obstacles in using technology or challenges in using technology is because we are all different. Uh, one of the things that's great about people with disabilities is we traditionally are wonderful problem solvers. You know, we have had to problem solve every step along the way no matter what we're doing. Whether we have a physical disability or an invisible disability, we have learned how to problem solve. And so that helps us in challenging challenging us to use technology better. Maybe something isn't working exactly right. But more times than not, we are really good at trying to solve the problem. So we might be the solution in trying to figure out how that technology is better for all of us. Um, an example, we've... We've been, as I mentioned, building Connect. Some of the the solutions that we got out of the beta test came from individuals with disabilities that challenged us to say, why doesn't it do this? How can we use this better? And it's because we've realized that those of us with disabilities have become great problem solvers. We take a look at a problem differently, and so we have we probably have the solution inside of us. So what can we do to use technology better? I think the the best way to do it is to first start to use it anyway, figure out what works, what doesn't work, um, embrace it, and then instead of get frustrated that it may not work exactly the way we want it to, how can we better adapt it to ourselves and figure out a better solution? And then engage with either the software manufacturer, the hardware manufacturer, um, focus groups, uh, you know, help boards online, whatever it is, how can we better engage with this technology so that we can make this technology better? Uh, you know, in my case, because we're the ones building our technology, that's great. But many times if I engaged with a community online to make something else better, and I'll get a note back that says, thank you very much, we hadn't thought about that. So the best challenge in using technology and the best way to challenge ourselves to use technology better is to use it and to, you know, break it and fix it and figure out how we can continue to do that. Because it's not going away, and it is, on average, a better solution for all of us. So let's figure out how to better engage it for, for the betterment of everybody. Excellent, John. And you've touched um, a little bit on this next question here. But when we talk about technology and problem solving, can you tell us what works and what are some good practices and policies that assist persons with disabilities by using technology? Well, I think, I, I, right, I think I touched on that. But the best thing is to use it. Um, you know, something in, from our case where we are the, the business owner, we want people to use it and, and try it and use it successfully and break it a little bit and come back to us with some, some, uh, some enhancements. You know, if you look at a, a Facebook as an example, you know, it wasn't what it is today. It wasn't that way starting out, um, and it shouldn't be. You know, the best use of technology is when the community that's using it can can fix it for better. So, um, you know, we, we we need to figure out what works. 
And certainly, as people with disabilities, most of the technology that we're using is designed to assist us. So the best way to figure out what works better is having pe people with disabilities use it, uh, use it for what works, use it for what doesn't work, write that down, figure out why didn't it work, what can we do to make it better, and how can we make it better over the longer period of time. You know, the, sort of the way I look at it, and this comes back from, from uh, the video production work that we've done for years and years, based on my previous experience in broadcasting, you know, to me, a video is a living document. A video isn't something you produce and then you're done. A video is something that can be changed over time. New interviews can be put in. Uh, new graphics can be put on. New music can be added. And, and technology is the same thing. We don't make something and then leave it there and then be done with it. You want to find the 2.0, 3.0 versions of this that have taken the um, criticisms from users in the past, the likes from users in the past, enhance the likes, fix the criticisms, and see if we can make a better product. You know, nine times out of ten, we will make a better product based on using that technology, what are the good practices, what are the policies that work, and how do we fix what doesn't work. And so that comes back to two things. Individuals with disabilities that are users become good problem solvers, use the, those problem-solving skills to solve the problems of what doesn't work, and those of us in the, in the world of technology that are trying to make it better for all of the users to put our listening skills on and see, okay, what are we really saying? How can we really help? And let's try to fix that problem together. Your organization, Our Ability, promotes awareness of successes by individuals with disabilities. Um, would you talk a bit about the different factors that create an accessible work environment? So, absolutely. I, I think that the best... Um, the best way to have an accessible work environment begins begins with being open. Um, so what does that mean? You, you, you want to create an open environment to having somebody be willing to disclose their disability. And an open environment means, as I just mentioned in the previous answer, good listening skills, good communication skills. Let the individual either that's an existing employee know or somebody that's applying know that if you want to self-identify anything about your whole self, and a lot of the companies that we work with are using the term bring your whole self to work, have individuals understand that we're here for you to disclose whatever it is you need to disclose. So creating an open environment for that is key. One of the ways you can do that is by having um, internal messaging with other employees who have disclosed whatever it is that they want to disclose, be out and about about it, and so that other, other people can do that. So what we try to do is promote an open environment so that, in this case, individuals with disabilities are willing to disclose their disability. And more times than not, they're doing that because they just want to be like-minded with other people inside that organization. In some cases, it's about accessibility and it's about accommodation. So if I have epilepsy, diabetes, if I have... Um, post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, or if I have a, a visible disability like myself when I'm an amputee, I want to be able to disclose all of that. I want to willing to disclose it. I also want to disclose it to an organization that's willing to hear it so that I can ask for an accommodation. And so what we, we try very hard to help corporate America create an internal open environment so that 
people with disabilities will disclose if they're applying or if they are existing employees. And then on the other side of it, we, we help the businesses not only recruit but external message so that they can find candidates that are people with disabilities that want to work in that organization. You know, we're proud of that. It's work that is necessary right now in an inclusive environment. It's work that, quite frankly, I needed 25 years ago. I, you know, I wish that I had um, that NBC or CBS or Universal Studios had had this kind of work 25 years ago so that when I walked in, those hiring managers were used to seeing me, were not afraid of seeing me, and we could get right to the matter of, okay, what's my education, what's my ability, rather than focus just on the disability. And so we're proud to do that work, and um, we, we need to do it for our own well-being, but also for those businesses out there that want to be inclusive. Thank you, John. ADA Live listeners, if you have any questions you want our guest speaker to answer, please submit your questions via the ADA Live online forum, which is found at www.adalive.org. Now we'll have a word from our sponsor. Our Ability Connect is an exciting new online portal for individuals with disabilities to upload their digital profile. We are taking a complex problem of employing individuals with disabilities, providing a simple solution such as our Ability Connect. Once you've built your profile, you'll be able to search businesses who are searching for you. Corporate America is working with us to fill their employment roles. Why not with you? For more information, sign on to connect.ourability.com or visit www.ourability.com. At Our Ability, we mentor, connect, and inspire individuals with disabilities towards employment. Welcome back to the show. Um, John, our next question. What measures can stakeholders, such as governments, the private sector, academia, and people with disabilities, take to create and support accessible work environments? Well, the the measures that they can take is to continue on this continuum that we're on, i.e., you know, the government is has uh, certainly the federal government has taken the lead recently with Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act and VEVRA. Um, you know, what, what we can do as citizens is continue to support the work that the government's done and asking the federal contractors and subcontractors to continue to build an inclusive workforce of people with disabilities. Uh, that's, it's been a good thing. Uh, I know that it's, um, uh, it's a process for the federal contractors and subcontractors, but that's a good process. You know, we want to, we all want to have our business mirror the community that we serve. And, you know, if one out of five people is by disability in one way, shape, or form, then that means no matter what product or service you're providing, you have people with disabilities that are in that family. And so let's, let's make sure that we support those businesses that want to um, support an inclusive hiring practice. You know, in the private sector, we, we, we should ask the businesses that we work with, uh, it's the same thing. You know, they don't necessarily have to be federal contractors. I just had a conversation this morning with a non-federal contractor, a mid-sized employer that wants to build an inclusive hiring practice around people with disabilities. And so I thought that was fantastic that they've taken the lead from the government, from their federal contractors, and decided, you know what, we don't have to do this, but it's the right thing to do. So in the private sector, let's support that in small and mid-sized businesses. You know, with academia, uh, I think that the thing that that we at our ability are really pushing academia to do is to look at at uh, a couple of things. One, 
to build disability sensitivity education into what you do. Uh, it's needed for a variety of reasons. It's needed specifically around having people with disabilities inside the classroom, inside higher education. And it, if you understand people with disabilities at a better level, then it, it's going to be better for all to have an inclusive education environment. You know, the other reason in academia is because uh, in a lot of cases there's there's bullying, there's misunderstanding around difference, and I'll use the word difference rather than disability because it's not just people with disabilities. But if we can talk about what does it mean to be a child with uh, spina bifida, uh, cerebral palsy, amputee, in a wheelchair, whatever it is, then maybe we can lessen some of those bullying instances. And maybe we can also take, take a look at Asperger's and autism and have a better understanding of those students that are different. And, and so maybe instead of having students that lash out and are angry, we have students that are caring and understanding. So academia is, the, is, a, is a key place to understand what, what can all of us do to have a better knowledge about around people with disabilities. Um, you know, all of it is, as I said at the very beginning, leads to our work, which is work in employment. And if we have a better understanding inside the government, inside the private sector, inside academia, inside society in general, then we will have better employment outcomes for people with disabilities. The unemployment rate for people with disabilities is too high. It's 15% according to the government. But four out of five people have left the workforce. So the real unemployment rate for people with disabilities is around 70%. Boy, imagine what we could do with our economy if that unemployment rate were, were 30% instead of 70 And we could do some great things. So that's what this is about. John, thank you so much for providing this enlightened perspective. As we get ready to wrap up today's session, is there anything else you would like to make sure to share with our listeners about sustainable development and the promise of technology? Yeah, you know, I think the, the best way to, to leave this conversation is to understand that disability can, can touch or will touch all of us um, to some degree as we age um, throughout our lives, as our medical advancements get better, uh, as we have more soldiers coming back from service, as we have a rise in the instance of Asperger's and autism, the instance of disability will increase. Um, we all, I think we all fundamentally understand that. And so what can we do as a society to be better understanding of all difference, which is included, inclusive of people with disabilities? Um, what we can do to be better is to understand those differences, is to teach ourselves, ask our, our government, our schools, our businesses to be better, better prepared in that understanding, and... Um, you know, we at our ability, we care very deeply about that. And as I said at the beginning, we care because um, the the poverty, those people with disabilities living under the poverty rate are too high. The unemployment rate is too high. What can we do? We can try to find better outcomes. So we're trying very hard to not only engage the individual with a disability to uh, increase their education and employment outcomes, but help those businesses to reach out to people with disabilities for better um, better employees. And if we can do that as an organization, we're serving our mission, we're helping others serve their dreams, and that's what this is all about. John, I want to thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate all the information and look forward to learning more. I'd also like to thank our ADA Live listening audience. 
The Southeast ADA Center is very grateful for your support and participation in the WADA ADA Live broadcast. Remember, you may submit questions about any of our ADA Live topics by going to www.adalive.org. Our resource section is also available, and if you have questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, please contact your regional ADA center at 1-800-949-4232. Again, that number is 1-800-949-4232. All calls are free and confidential. Be sure to join us next month on the first Wednesday, January 7th, for the next episode of WADA ADA Live. Thank you for listening to ADA Live Talk Radio. Brought to you by the Southeast ADA Center. Remember to join us the first Wednesday of each month for another ADA topic. And you can call 1-800-949-4232 for answers to your ADA questions.